Well, I, uh, I am excited for today. As I mentioned earlier, Core Church is eight years old, and I made a joke about arms and legs and complete sentences and stuff like that, but, but it is eight years old. I mean, that is a big deal. It means that we've passed that seven-year slump, and that's a real thing. And not just in church, but just in life. You know, you reach these, these moments where you're able to go, okay, so we're, like our first year, which I wasn't a part of, but, but merging two churches together. Our second year, figuring out kind of who we are and our identity as core church. And then our third year, which I became uh, to be a part of. And from then to now, just the growing of our, our, of our, our core values and, and leading us to this point where we're talking about hope, healing, peace, and purpose, and learning what it means to follow God's Spirit and His prompting and His leading, and then we get to eight years, and being able to reflect on all that God has done, all the life change that 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 we collectively have been able to to do and to see and to be a part of. I mean, it is a really really big deal, and we're closing our series today called Restful, where we're talking about how to live a restful life in a restless world. And I think right now, more than ever, it is so important for us to talk about what it means to rest full in the Spirit and in the presence of God because these, these are restless times, right? Like these are just, there's just so much that's going on and it's so easy for us to get distracted and it's so easy for us to feel overwhelmed. And I, even myself included, like just being overwhelmed at just what is going on. And, and every time I open the news app, it's just there's, there's another natural disaster or there's another terrible thing or, or there's another pig that they've found that has a trace of some sort of virus, which could be the next pandemic. It's like, boy, I'm really glad I'm reading this while I'm drinking my coffee this morning. So I stopped reading that if you wanted to know. That's kind of how I'm taking steps to free myself from that anxiety. Don't, maybe don't read the news the first thing in the morning, right? There, there's, a, there's a free tip for you. Uh, we talk about the importance of daily devotion, and, and I start with that, and then I go to the news, and then I've stopped doing the news. So there, there's just kind of a, a track record for me, right? But we can easily get overwhelmed and lose sight of how important it is to rest full in the Spirit and in the presence of God. And what we talked about last week was peace of mind. And Brad said this, peace of mind is found in persistent prayer. He said, I can press on in peace when I press through in prayer. And my goodness, it is so important for us to press through in prayer when we feel like we are experiencing unrest and, and we're not experiencing peace. We need to press through in prayer. And this series has been all about our four core values, which are hope for the heart, healing for the soul, peace of mind, and purpose in the world. And, and where we get our four core values, it wasn't just something that somebody had an idea of in, in, a, in a creative session. It wasn't uh, the really good coffee that we were drinking that inspired these four core values. It comes straight from Scripture. And the Scripture that it comes from is from the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. It says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is, is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's where we get our mission as a church, which we've said today, and we say every single week that we exist to help people find the hope, the healing, the peace, and the purpose of Jesus. And in talking about peace and pressing through in prayer, I've got a question for you. How did you do this last week? 
with whatever is going on in your life, I can press on in peace when I press through in prayer. What would you say is maybe robbing you of peace right now? And looking back on this last week, how did you do when it comes to pressing through in prayer? I want you to take just 30 seconds and talk to somebody next to you. How did you do this last week pressing through in prayer? Just take 30 seconds to do that. So how did you do? I asked the question and this whole line just started laughing. So maybe that's a, oh, we didn't do well or might, may as well just laugh because we got nothing to say. I, I don't know. But how did you do? Pressing through in prayer. It's important for us to remember that. We're bringing our series to a close on Anniversary Sunday talking about purpose. Our purpose in life, our purpose as followers of Jesus. So if you have a Bible, grab that and go to Psalm 139. If you don't have a Bible with you, I encourage you to download YouVersion. It is free wherever you download your apps from. I think that will be really helpful for you. I read out of the New Living Translation, and this particular psalm was written by David, and it was written as a psalm of, or more of a hymn of worship, a song of praise that David wrote to not only give God praise, but it was, it was focusing on the worship and the power of God by David reflecting in a moment of praise because of God's power and God's presence. And I'm, again, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, so, so the NLT, if you're on your mobile device or your paper Bible. If you have a paper Bible that's not New, New Living, probably won't match up and you'll be wondering what's going on, but that's okay. But I'm going to start at verse 13 and read to verse 18. It says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, when I wake up, you are still with me. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for today. We're celebrating eight years. Eight years of your provision. Eight years of you guiding and directing your people to the vision and mission that you've given us to help people find the hope, the healing, the peace, and the purpose of Jesus. And today, as we talk about purpose, I pray just for those in here that whether they're set on knowing their purpose, we could all use a reminder of that. And whether we, we maybe don't know our purpose, you're the one who speaks that into us. So I pray as we continue to open your word and hear from some of our friends that we are challenged to dig just a little bit deeper into what it is that you've called us to do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are eight and my family and I have been able to be a part of this journey for the last six years. And my goodness, we have learned so, so much. And we have grown so, so much. And what's so cool is that we haven't done that alone. 
we've been able to grow and to learn together and to think back even where you were at six years ago. And don't, don't think about your age because, I mean, that's just, just don't think about your age. But just think about six years ago, where you were at in your relationship with God, where you were at with your relationship with your friends, with your family, your job, and your workplace. Like, think back to that. And then think about all that has changed over these years. Some things have changed for the better. Some things have changed not for the better. But as we look back on these eight years, the biggest thing that I see and the biggest thing that I'm reminded of today is of God's faithfulness and of God's presence. Because there were, there were times when I would be sitting with Brad and we would be praying about things that were going on in the church and, and we, we had trust and we had hope and we had faith in God that he was going to provide, that he was going to guide, that he was going to direct, and that he was going to provide these answers, answers that we didn't know what they were going to be at the time. And then God always came through. God always provided. God always reminded us of, do you, do you remember who's in charge here? And we'd go, yeah, God is in charge. You are in charge. Yeah, okay, so if I did this then, why would I not do this now? So think about your life and think back to when maybe God came through financially or God came through by, by bringing you a friend that you needed at that time. Think back through the ways that God has shown up in your life. And if God did it then, God's going to do it now. And specifically when it comes to your purpose, God is going to provide you ways in which you can serve and ways in which that you can live out your purpose. Because here's what we believe at Core Church. We believe that everybody has been created on purpose and we believe everybody has been created for a purpose. And we believe that every single one of us as followers of Jesus have the exact same primary purpose. And that is to take the hope, the healing, and the peace and the purpose of Jesus into our world. And whatever your world is and whatever that looks like, wherever you are, whoever you're with, our primary purpose and our primary focus in our life is to take the hope, the healing, and the peace and the purpose of Jesus into our experiences. Why? Because as a follower of Jesus, we believe that the Spirit of God is within us. So everywhere we go, we are the representation of the power and the presence of God because God's Spirit resides in us. Way back when, a lot in the Old Testament, we read that people came to the temple to experience God's presence. And then fast forward thousands of years, Jesus comes on the scene. He lives and he shows us a way to follow God. And he dies and he comes back to life. And the veil that covered the entrance of the temple into the Holy of Holies was torn in two, which represented that God's spirit and presence was out and among his people. And so we believe as followers of Jesus that wherever we go, the Spirit of God is with us. And that's what gives us strength, confidence, and courage to do what he's called us to do as our primary purpose. Hope, healing, peace, and purpose into the world. But we also believe that everybody has a secondary purpose. And that secondary purpose is unique to each and every individual. Which means that while there may be things that, that you are called to do that other people do, Nobody can do it the way that you do. For example, I play the guitar, and I sing, and I love to play with our incredible band. Other people do that. Other people play the guitar, other people sing, but nobody else can do it the way that I do. And 
and hearing Corey play the acoustic guitar in our online service shows me that I've got some work to do. My goodness, Corey. Like, it's just effortless. You're just a stud, man. I love it. But nobody can do it the way that he does. And whatever it is that you are gifted and called to do, it is so important for you to lean into that because nobody else can do it the way that you do. And, and, and maybe, maybe there is something just burning in your spirit that God has gifted you, and you know it. You know that God has gifted you to do this, and you're not taking steps to walk into that. And here's why it's so important for you to do that. Because not only do you sense and feel that something is missing in your life, the world is missing something. The world is missing what God has gifted you to do, and the world needs that. The world always needs that, but the world needs it now more than ever. Why? Because now more than ever, people need hope, and they need healing, and they need peace, and they need purpose. And so what God has gifted you to do, you can help other people do. That's why it's so important for us to live out our purpose. Look back at verse 13 and verse 14. David says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, he says to God, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. When was the last time you said that about yourself? Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. We can sometimes complain about the way we've been created, whether that is our our physicality or just our our psychology, the way that we think and do things. We can kind of complain at the way that that we've been made when David reminds us to be thankful for the way that God created us because we are wonderfully complex. Each one of us has been created so unique and so complex. Again, there never has been somebody like you. There never was and there never will be again. I heard this phrase when I was in college and it just stuck with me when it comes to us as individuals. You are unrepeatable. You, know, you hear a song on, on, on Spotify. What do you do if you want to hear it again? You hit back. And what if, what if you really like it, like me? And God bless my family, but I'm just killing this song at our house right now. I love hearing it every time, but I'm not sure my family does because it's just on repeat, and it's on repeat, and it's on repeat, and it comes on again. And the 20th time in a day, what does my family do? Oh, my gosh, here we go again. That's not like that with people, right? We're unrepeatable. We're wonderfully complex, And maybe when it comes to living out your purpose, if you're stuck or if you maybe feel like God is distant or maybe things have just completely changed in your life when it comes to what you were doing and you're not sure what you're going to do next, look at verse 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Here's what David is, is doing in this moment as he's unsure, as he's kind of scattered, as he's kind of not sure about what is going to happen next. What does he do in this moment? He stops and he reminds himself of God's power and of God's presence in his life. That's what he says here. How precious are your thoughts about me? They cannot be numbered. He's reminding himself that God is thinking about David. No, that didn't make sense. David is reminding himself that God is thinking about him. There we go. We got there. That's what David is doing in this moment. God is thinking about me. God is telling me that I am important. And because God is thinking about me, that means I matter. And in verse 18, what he's doing is he's focusing on the fact that God's presence is with him. When I wake up, you're still with me. 
So it's not this coming and going of, of God's spirit and presence in our life. We don't experience it here in this season, and we don't experience it here in this season. It is an ever-flowing thing that we experience in our life. So David is reminding us when we feel stuck, when we feel like we're drifting, when we feel like we're not really leaning into our purpose, to focus on God's presence in our life and the fact that God loves us. That's what David is telling us to do here. And he's reminding us that because God's thinking about us and that God's Spirit is with us, that we've been created on purpose and we've been created for a purpose. And this is what our core groups are talking about right now as they're meeting. They're talking about the eight core practices of every single follower of Jesus. And the two that, that, that really matter and connect with your purpose. And so if you, if you do not know your purpose and you're not even sure how to start figuring that out, start with generous giving and sacrificial serving. Generous giving and sacrificial serving. When you start with those two things, I promise you, you will be on the road to figure out your purpose because it, it places you in an environment that is outside of yourself where you're able to not only connect with other people but connect with the higher purpose that God is giving you. And I am excited for, for all of us today because we're going to hear from some of our, our friends and some of our people here at Core Church about how they are living their life on purpose and living their life for a purpose. And the first one that we're going to hear from today is my friend Luke McLaughlin. Luke, will you come up to the stage? And as he's coming, will you give him a hand? All right. Luke, take a seat. And for those of us who do not know, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about yourself and a question for you. Um, do you prefer cap and crunch with or without berries? Okay. All right. Uh, I'm Luke McLaughlin. Um, <laughs> I go to ORU and I'm a senior. Um, and berries, of course. Berries, going yeah. with the berries. Who are, who are our berries people? Yeah. Okay. Oh, not a minute. No. Okay. That's good. That's good. So you are living your life on purpose and you're living your life for a purpose. And being able to uh, meet with you and hear about what you're doing and hear about what, uh, what you feel like God has, uh, has given you to do. When it comes to relationships, you've got an incredible idea of how to help couples to connect and continue to date. Why don't you talk to us about that? Um, so it's an app, and so it's an idea that hit me, and with every idea, it's kind of like you identify a problem. So I, there are kind of two problems I saw. The first problem was just that you know, every couple seems to just continue to do the same thing and just like stop experiencing together and just kind of get stuck in a rut, as other people would say. Um, and the other problem would be just that the experiences that you do have, you're kind of just forgetting about them and not really like going back to like be like, wow, look what we did together like years ago. So for the first problem, um, it's an app, and what the, what the goal is, is there's like six different sections, and uh, you click on it, there's like outdoor day, or like stay at home, or like a dinner for two where you like go out to eat, or like, or like a night of the arts where it's like plays and movies, and you click on that, and then there's like four different price sections, and with that, you click on one of each, and then it'll generate different ideas for you to do um, in what city you are. So here, it'd be in Tulsa, it'd give you a bunch of different ideas to do in Tulsa. Um, that's so cool. And, and tell us the story about kind of how you, you 
first came upon this idea because it had, it had something to do with, with your brother um, and, and even you and Celeste, I, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, um, so kind of what got my brain thinking this way is my brother was dropping off my nephew and we were just going to watch him and he was sitting there and he said to his wife, he was like, what are we, what are we going to do tonight? And they're just like, oh, we can go to Buffalo Wild Wings. She was just like, oh, man, we always go there. <laughs> and then they sit there for like 15 minutes and they're like, what are we doing? And they're like, okay, let's just go to Buffalo Wild Wings. And they're just like, okay, all right, we're going. Like, and they just left and they're like, why are we doing it? Like, they don't even know why they're doing it anymore, but that's, all, that, that's just what they do. They, they don't know why. They don't even know why. They're just doing yeah. it. Wow. That's, and, and so for you and Celeste, how has, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Celeste, stick your hand up there. Yeah, she's, uh, she's a part of our, of our worship team, and she sings. How, how has this, this concept helped you guys? Um, it's helped that, like, the app is not out yet, um, but it's been interesting. We've just been trying to, like, live it out before and just see, like, the effect that it has, and it's just been really cool to, like, try different foods and, like, do different things and just, like, it, experiences naturally bring people closer together, and, mm, you know, yeah. that's, that's really important in every relationship. Yeah, so you're giving people a chance to have an experience to bring them closer together. Yeah. Man, that is so good. But it's not just, it's not just the, the couples that have the app. Tell us about how, uh, what, you're, what you're using in the app to also help uh, other organizations. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so at first it was just an idea, and then um, I guess God kind of convicted me, and he was like, like, not that it's not wrong to just go for profits, but he's kind of like, you know, what are you going to do to really help people pass um, the dating stuff? So what I decided to do is um, we're going to put ads in the app, like pop-up ads. And I was like, what I can do is put all that money towards, like, domestic violence um, just because it's such a problem in America. I think it's like one in four uh, women in America go through it in their lifetime and one in seven men and it's just something that's not really talked about so what I'm gonna do is um, all the profit that comes from the ads is just gonna be going towards uh, different like nonprofits in whatever city you are and hopefully if it takes off I'd love to have my own separate entity where it's um, where we're like educating people because a lot of people um, domestic abuse is really generational sometimes they're learning from their from their grandpa and their dad or their grandma and their mom, right. and they're just like, what's wrong with it? That's what they did. So I'd love to educate people about it and just, just talk about it a lot more. And yeah. And so not only couples in the app, but couples that have experienced abuse is that you're, you're going to give the money that comes from the ads yeah. to support that. My goodness. Luke, I, I'm challenged, man, and I'm encouraged. And we are, we're excited. And when that app comes out, I mean, I know that I'll, I mean, I'm going to download it 100% because we, uh, my wife and I, we, we date and we, we try to date every single week. Doesn't always happen, but I always want to be intentional instead of just going to the same Mexican restaurant that we always go to or, right? Like, yeah, yeah. so th that'll be helpful for me, but to know that it goes to a, to a higher purpose is, is so great. Luke, we're excited, man. We're cheering you on. Can you guys give him a hand? Thank you. Oh, goodness. Thanks, Luke. So the next person we're going to hear from uh, is our friend, Stephanie Morgan. Stephanie, if you'll come up. Excited to hear, uh, hear from you. I, 
I should have said this before uh, Luke talked, uh, because maybe you heard his story and you're like, you can sit here. Maybe you heard his story and you're, maybe you're like, uh, I have no idea how to create an app. So I guess my purpose is not going to make that big of an impact. Here's what we need to remember. We can't compare our purpose and our calling to somebody else's, right? So Stephanie's is going to be different than Luke's, and Luke's is, is obviously different from Stephanie. And then you're going to hear from some teachers, and then I'm sure you're going to hear other people's stories over the next coming weeks in your core groups. Don't compare yours to somebody else's. Every story matters, okay? Stephanie, for those of you who don't know, why don't you introduce yourself? And your question, what is it? Uh, do you prefer name brand or generic Honey Nut Cheerios? Neither. <laughs> Neither? <laughs> oh. I don't eat cereal. <laughs> you don't like cereal. Okay. OU or OSU, how about that? There's an easy one. Well, maybe, maybe you don't have to think so, but that's okay. So tell us, tell us your name and tell us what it is that you do uh, for your job. I'm Stephanie Morgan, and I'm a cosmetologist for 33 years. Wow, that's great. So we're talking about sacrificial serving, and we're talking about our purpose, and we believe that we are all missionaries on mission assigned to a mission field. And when it comes to your job and when it comes to what you do every day, you really feel like it's not just a job that you're getting paid to do, that it's, it's really ministry. So tell us kind of how you approach it that way. Well, my clients are like family to me, so I pray for them, pray with them, I lift them up. And I make them beautiful too, but... Right. That's, that's secondary. Though. The first thing is we're going to make these people feel good. I have a couple of clients that will, if they're having a rough day, they're not even getting their hair done. They just come by to visit just to get lifted up and wow. laugh and feel better. Wow. So how, so you're, you're, you're going into your salon and nobody's there. How do you, how do you prepare yourself for those kind of interactions? Because it, it seems to me like you've got to kind of always be on and just ready. So how, how, how do you prepare yourself for those conversations, for those drop-ins? How do you make sure that you're, you're ready for all that? I'm just always happy. <laughs> <laughs> just always happy. I am. That's just me. That's just you. Mm -hmm. So how, so every day you're in the salon and you're working and you're encouraging people and you look at it as ministry, it's not just a job, what would you say to somebody that is stuck and feels like their job is just a job and they can't approach it as ministry? How would you encourage them to see it differently? Well, um, just change your whole outlook and pray about it and God will lead you and guide you and tell you what to say and do with people or, I mean, everybody needs to have a smile or a hug or mm. to know they're loved. Right. That's good. They're important. So it's not just the salon and it's not just uh, making people beautiful. You have something else that you're doing. And uh, when I first heard about it, I, I, was, I was challenged and I was excited. And, but it, it led me to think about what more I, I could do to help other people. So tell us about what you're doing when it comes to uh, prison ministry. I have a daughter that's been incarcerated for 15 years. So it just made me have a heart 
for these women in prison because I visit weekly and you get to know them and their stories and that they don't have a lot. Most people don't have anyone sending them money in prison. So my daughter is inmate council president at her prison and they hold health fairs at the prison and they don't really have much. So I started taking up donations of many shampoos, conditioners, things that you get in your hotel that you usually just throw away. I started collecting them and clients bring them and then it kind of turned into her sponsor said, hey, I have all these packets of taco sauce from Taco Bell and the girls were excited because they don't get anything like that. Right, yeah. It makes the food taste better in the prison and so now I have clients bringing me condiments wow. weekly to donate and um, people bring lotions and shampoos, conditioners, toothbrushes, toothpaste. Um, Larry Snowbarger is wonderful because he travels for his job so he brings right. quite a bit of stuff here to the church for me. And Melanie says, Mom, since you started doing this, we have the best health fairs we've ever had. Wow. So wow. It's, it means a lot. It's nothing to us, but sure. to somebody that doesn't have anything, it's just a blessing. Right. And it's as simple as a sauce packet from yes. a restaurant. Taco Bell or Arby's or wow. ranch dipping sauce from Chick-fil-A, just things that we would throw away Ariana always says, Mimi, let's, let's make sure we get this extra sauce so we can take it home. That's so great. To donate. Wow. That's so great. And something you said when you were talking with Brad and Laura was you said that we need to remember that people who are incarcerated are still human. Exactly. And I feel like it can just kind of be this out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yes. But what, but what you're doing really helps makes a difference. Yeah, it, really, it makes a difference and it really just shows us that a simple thing just kind of gives somebody back their humanity. It makes them feel loved. Yeah. They are important. Right. One thing they really love is chapstick because they don't really get that. Right. Wow. Chapstick. Restaurant packets. Yes. What else? Toothpaste. Toothpaste. Tooth toothbrushes, yeah. shampoo, conditioner, lotion, just any minis. They can't have big. Okay. But the minis. So, for those of you who have some of that or would like to get some of that or even the next time that you go to a, a restaurant and, and ask for an extra sauce packet and make sure that you, you bring those here. You can bring them on a Sunday or you can drop them off at the office uh, throughout the week and we'll make sure that Stephanie gets those. Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. The next two people you are going to hear from are my friends, Kayla. And Amy, you guys will come up. All right. Well, for those of us who don't know, why don't you tell us, let me see what your question is here. Um, tell us what you do in the education system and who was one of your favorite teachers when you were in school? Okay, well, my name is Kayla Hooper. I am a fourth grade virtual teacher in Union, and my favorite teacher, I had so many. Um, if I had to pick one that stood out to me, I would say my sixth grade English teacher, her name was Miss Lore. Um, I'll never forget. It's the first, time, first day of school, first time I had to ride the bus, and 
all the buses were gone, I didn't know what bus to get on, and I was crying, and she took me home. So that just stood out to me, but all my teachers, kindergarten to high school, were amazing. I was very blessed. Amy? Uh, my name is Amy Bruner. Um, I would probably say my mother. She was an educator in Broken Arrow for over 30 years, and just watching her and, and what she meant to her students and then to teachers. So I'd say probably my mom. And what, what, tell us what, what you do in the education system. So I, I taught second grade for 16 years, and then I became an instructional specialist in Broken Arrow, so I worked more with curriculum and helped teachers some. And then this year my job has changed, and I am now an instructional coach specifically for two elementary buildings for teachers. Wow. So... <laughs> Tell us, how has this season of education, um, I mean, yeah, this just kind of goes without saying, but how, how has this been a challenging season for, what, for, e for each of you? How has this been a challenging season to, to be in the education system? Well, my plan at first wasn't to be virtual. Um, my plan originally was I was going to be fifth grade in-person teacher and talking to another coworker, found out there was a, a fourth grade virtual position open. I was like, why not? I was like, I emailed my principals and said, hey, I'll do it. I stepped up to the plate and I took on the challenge about two to three weeks before school started. So everything that you had in mind for what the semester was going to look like in yeah. two weeks, it just changed. Yes, it did. <laughs> oh, man. So how, so going into your classroom now looks different than it ever did before. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's been, I'm sure that's been challenging. Amy, how has this been challenging for you? Um, well, like I said, this is a new position, and so in Broken Arrow, it's a new position. So this was decided back last year, um, about January, February, not knowing what was coming. Broken Arrow, we are doing in, in uh, we are in classes. So what I thought I would be doing is really not what hap what's happening right now. What I'm doing is just trying to help teachers and comfort mm. teachers because it is just, we just keep saying they're dying on the vine. They're just mm. struggling with so many things. So I am the one there with chocolate. Hey, what can I do for you? How can I support you? <laughs> right. They don't want me coming in and talking about instructional strategies. Right. We're just surviving day to day. Um, in what's going on. So I just really am more the emotional support person, I think, right now. Right. And we love those. <laughs> so really, really your purpose is to care for those teachers. Loving and on teachers. Loving on those teachers. And Kayla, what is it that you kind of see your purpose now for this season? Just to be there for my students. I'm going to share a quote. Um, it says, every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists they become the best they can possibly be by Rita, Rita Pearson. And my students, a lot of them just don't come from stable homes. I teach at a Title I school, so just building those connections and just being that adult for them who can say, you got this, you can do it. And especially being virtual, it's a lot different building those connections through a screen. So we try to engage in different activities and just try to keep them engaged. Mm. Wow. What would you say, um, Amy, what would you say has been uh, rewarding during this season? Because I get, 
I get the challenge and I get the, the change, but what's, uh, what's something that you would say has been rewarding so far during this season of education? I think for me, it's really just seeing the resilience of our teachers. Um, I was sitting with the first grade teacher this last week and she was just bawling and she's first time mom, so she's leaving a baby at home. Um, academically, the kids are a little lower, so she's struggling with that. She's only been teaching three years. Um, she's got some behavior problems going on in the classroom she's tr struggling with, just so many things, and she's just crying and crying, and the principal had talked about, well, maybe one of those kiddos we can, we can move, and she just said, no, I feel like God put him in my room for a reason. I will figure this out, but I just, I just need to cry. So I think it's just seeing how much those teachers are pouring into their jobs, not only the kids, but the parents who are struggling and um, so I think that for me has just been seeing how much the teachers have, I mean, I've always thought elementary, all teachers, but elementary teachers are amazing, but just to see how much they are really stepping up and trying to pour into the kids and, and, and their jobs. Right, yeah. Oh, man. So, Kayla, that, really, that quote that you shared, I mean, Amy, that's, you're that champion, right? Like, you're I the champion. <laughs> <laughs> I try. You're the champion for those teachers who are then the champions for the students who are then the champions for their kids like i mean it's just this full circle man that is so cool kayla what would you say is something that's been rewarding during this crazy season i mean despite yeah this crazy season just even though they're we're through a screen it's seeing those connections being made being there for them um there's little things that we do, like we've done virtual scavenger hunts that they love doing. So it's just makes me happy when I see you, they're engaged and having fun. So it's just, that's rewarding to me. What would you say is, because you're teachers, and, and so you, you instruct and you teach and you equip teachers, uh, but what is it that you're learning? Uh, so. I think for me, I, I try to always, I always try to learn something, uh, whether that's just I'm reading a book on something or, quick example, we inherited a pool with our house. And so having to learn all of that was frustrating. But uh, so we, we have to continue to learn. Uh, so Amy, what would you say is something that God is teaching you kind of during this season? Um, well, if you're in my cell group, you know, I don't take change well easily. Um, and this job change kind of came at this last minute, and I really struggled with, can I do this? Am I good enough for this? I had anxiety about this. Um, and they were always saying, like, this is God's plan. This is his purpose. And I showed, I just fight it. Like, no, I didn't know that I'd be good, good enough to do this job. Wow. And I think as I am, and I'm figuring, like, no, I, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm wow. great at loving on people and loving on teachers and um, so probably like trust the plan, not fight it so much. <laughs> right. It's really hard. <laughs> oh man, trust the plan and don't fight it. Amy, that's so good. Oh, I love that. Kayla, what would you say is kind of the biggest thing God's been teaching you during this season? Uh, just grace. I am my own worst critic and I am very hard on myself. So last school year, it was First time doing fourth grade, first time being self-contained, just having the same kids all day. Mm. And 
Oh, that was a very rough year on top of losing a coworker. So just this year going in just with grace and patience. And then I have one more quote to share that just really spoke to me. It says, the best thing about being a teacher is that it matters. The hardest thing about being a teacher is that it matters every day by Todd Whitaker. Mm. So just knowing that, you know, all the teachers just, we matter and not every day is perfect. So despite the days that I have a rough day and if the lesson's not going right or it's just, they're not engaged like I think they're gonna be, it's just even just the connection. Just maybe an activity or that kid who is just struggling, you know, building a relationship. It's just making that connection. Mm. Trust the plan, don't fight it, and make connections. Every day matters. Man, um, that is challenging and encouraging for, for me and, and for all of us. Uh, we have a gift for you all. It's in a bag underneath your chair there. And we were able to check in with some of the teachers at different schools and ask kind of what they needed. And the biggest response that we got were for these 3D uh, face mask brackets that push the face mask. It's, it still covers your face, but it pushes it off of your face so that you're able to easily be heard and makes it just a little bit easier to be in a mask and, and instruct throughout the day. Uh, so you've got some, Amy, Kayla, you've got some, and there's, uh, there's enough in there for you and, and some of the people on your team. Uh, but we were able to get enough for uh, Aspen Creek Elementary, Spring Creek Elementary, and then Childers uh, Middle School. So, uh, and if there are other teachers that are in here, uh, and you would like to take some of those for your pod or for your team, we, we will have those out in the lobby after the service. Amy, Kayla, thank you all so, so much. Really appreciate everything that you all do. Well, we are going to move into a time of communion right now. But before we do that, as you think through the conversations that you've heard this morning, as you think about what God's spoken to you about today, what's one takeaway? And maybe a takeaway is that I need to be more intentional with the time that I spend with uh, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, or my spouse. And to be more intentional, more purposeful with that time and those experiences. Or maybe it is that you were challenged to think outside of your initial circle and think about those who are incarcerated and just a simple sauce packet is what would make the difference. Or maybe a takeaway for you is that if you feel like, like what Amy said, that she is just called to love on teachers and to just encourage people, and you feel called to do that, but you're not, you're going to take that extra step. Or as Kayla shared, that living with the intention of making connections with other people, realizing that every day matters. What is a takeaway for you 